This is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. What is it? Sunday, Sunday, January 18th, and we're in Greenpoint, back at Eddie's place. Yes. Glad to have you back. And we got two uh, very special guests, Sarah Jacobs and Amy Lombard. Thanks, guys. Hey. Hey. For having us. I know, on such a crummy, rainy day. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. shitty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But luckily we all made it. So we're going to talk. We have a, a good book. I'm not going to give it away yet, but it's, I have plenty to say about this photographer, and I think everyone does. And so we'll talk about the book in the second half. But when, here we're going to catch up with uh, Amy and Sarah, see what they've been up to. Sarah photographer. I'm going to say photographer for Sarah. <laughs> okay. And marketing associate at Photo Shelter. Yes. And that's, I've been on the iHeart Photo podcast. Yeah. I love so, photo. I love photo. Is it I love or iHeart? I love photo. I love photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You use the hashtag. That was fun. I enjoyed doing that. Alan's a really good host. Yes. It's She's hosted really, by yeah. Alan Murabashi and I. Um, once a week, we are broadcast live. From YouTube. <laughs> From YouTube. <laughs> Tune in or else. Yeah, yeah. But you, you—that's it's almost like a current events. Yes. Photo, so you kind of have a list of stuff you go through, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we talk about industry news, stuff that's gone viral for the week, etc. My favorite is when you don't have anything to say, and she's just like, <laughs> oh, "You're rude." No, 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 because she said, because she goes, no, because she, Sarah, Sarah goes. Sarah's like, I don't have anything. She's just a blunt about it, honestly. So, sometimes yeah, I don't. Yeah, she's and, just. And Alan will leave a really yeah. long pause, and I know that he's waiting for me to say something, and I yeah. just got to be like, you know, I actually don't know what to say about yeah, this. I appreciate, I I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have anything to fucking say. So, <laughs> yeah. so rather than BSing. Right, yeah. See, I yeah. never have anything to say, and all I say is bullshit. You know? Oh, no, yeah. you were a great <laughs> guest on the show. It was super yeah. great. Yeah. So. Have me back, man. Yeah, definitely. We, we should. We should. We got to kick it off for 2015, so. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good podcast. Thank you. I don't know. I couldn't. We, I'm glad we don't do uh, live video, though. So no. don't, go, don't get any <laughs> thoughts in your head. <laughs> no. We're going to go in that. Yeah, that's and, scary. And Amy. Yeah. Amy, of course, uh, full-time photographer, editor of Tyra, shoots for Vice, New York Magazine, New York Times Magazine. Yeah. You did a New couple. Times. Um, New York Times. Who else? Um, Vice, New York Magazine, The Cut, Culture, The Magazine, Wired, uh, Times Style Section, Times Magazine, uh, I don't know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Building, building your client list. I'm I'm trying, I'm trying, one year in. Yeah, Um, majority of the shoots local or are you also doing Um, it's, it's definitely varied. I would say it's mostly local, um, but this year I have a feeling I'm going to be traveling a lot. Nice. So, that's cool. Yeah. That's fun. Lots of stuff going on, which is really exciting. Yeah. yeah going back a- to Reno in a month. I was oh. just in Reno two months ago. I don't know why anybody should be in Reno two times <laughs> in the span of six months, but it's happening. Nice. <laughs> is it for a job or are you just It's for back? a job. Yeah, it's oh, for a job. Nice. And do you feel like you got that job because you went to Reno and shot Oh, no. Definitely, definitely, no. definitely okay. not. Okay. Oh, and nothing totally to do with the, Reno, with the photos that I took in Reno. Okay. Because you got some beautiful stuff yeah. while you were out there. The first t- time. The, when I went to Reno, it was a cowboy convention happening just coincidentally in the hotel that I was staying in. Of course. Um, Nevada is basically the Florida of the West Coast. Right, right. And <laughs> I loved great. it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I loved it. Yeah, it's, I can't, I've been to Vegas like three times and I can handle 
36 hours before I have to get it. I've never been to Vegas. Yeah. That was my first, Reno was my first Nevada experience. And I don't gamble. So it's like, what do I do? I can't, I can't sit at a table playing cards. So I end yeah. up walking around and like, I don't know. I don't go to clubs. I don't get, Vegas really is not my place. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like my place either, but. No. But it's, it's good for the spectacle. But yeah, Nevada's weird. The whole place. It's like refugees, you know. Yeah. Interesting place. I will be back in a month. Um, for context, how, so you guys know each other. How do you guys know each other? So we both worked at Life before they shut it down. Um, and she did business development, and I was doing social media. Um, and we started working together, and we're like, oh, well, we just started getting along really well, and we started hanging out, and now she's one of my best friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, had, we had really legit meetings. How yeah, we would, like, sit and, what was that? How long ago was that? Um, 2011. Yeah, I was there for, like, two years. You were there for, like, what, like, a year? No, yeah, like eight months okay. or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great. Yeah. We, we would talk a lot about uh, celebrity birthdays. Celebrity birthdays, <laughs> anniversaries. Yeah, yeah anniversaries. Anyone specific? Um, everyone specific. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> everyone, any, anyone that was in the life archive. Yes. Which made like, up a lot of people. Have you so. ever, have you ever, I, you can look up your specific date, like your birthday. I, would, I did 1976, the whole year. I was going to do a Tumblr of all the people that were born in 76. The year of my birth, just try to find photos of them. Yeah. But did that anybody, idea fall anybody through the cool? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I might do it. I gotta try to find another angle on it though, because I've been doing a lot of like random searches these days, rather than just looking at stuff that's on photo blogs. What is life? <laughs> no, I do. I do by dates, so I try to find photos from specific years. Okay. So I like you know Google image search and then the Flickr archive. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. But then you, what, the best stuff is that you pull up like random blog posts where somebody's like eulogizing their dead uncle or their grandma and they have all these like phone photos and it's, it's just weird tapping into those yeah, stories. Yeah, that's, that's you know? just like the new way of instead of going to like a thrift shop and flipping through yeah. old pics, you're just yeah. like Googling right. random well, stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, but I like about Google is that you have news mixed in with like random family photos and then like celebrity stuff. So it's kind of a broader... You know, you go to a flea market or whatever, it's a lot of just family photos. And mm-hmm. But this, you kind of tap into imagery from popular culture, too. Magazine covers and things like that. So it's kind of like... It's a good mix. Yeah. But then even if I go on YouTube, too, and you find, like, these news footage from, um, like, accidents, like fires and stuff like that. It's all this weird stuff. Yeah. You don't, do you kind of go into a, a K-hole? Yeah, exactly. They're just like, oh, there's so exactly. many. So but then I have a Tumblr going for all of that stuff that yeah. I've been doing for like six months. Oh, what's I'm, that link? Well, I'm going to wait. I'm okay, waiting. I'm okay. trying to figure it out, but it'll be something. Anyways, that's... Not to be revealed yet. No, no, no. Okay. So, Amy, you, how is shooting for Vice? You, you've had some wacky assignments, I guess is the word. Shooting for Vice is probably my favorite because I get to work with Mitchell. Uh-huh who, um, Mitchell Sunderland, we, so I started working with Vice because um, Matt, who's the photo editor there, Mm -hmm. he worked at Time, and I was a social media editor at Time for a few Mm -hmm. years, and so we had, you know, I saw him at the art book fair a few years ago and became friends again, Um, and then Mitchell was working on a story on Sydney Leathers, who was Anthony Weiner's mistress, Mm -hmm. and Matt was like, oh, I think you'd be great for this. And I met Mitchell, and it was just, like, magic. I feel like he's, like, my writer equivalent of a soulmate. Nice. he's gay. Nice. Um, (laughs) It's like my, yeah. He's, uh, we just work together so well. Um, Like, our visions are aligned. We, it's very collaborative. 
Um, so we just work on a ton of assignments together and it's been really fun. And you get to pitch him concepts, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's like we bounce off of each other and it's great. Um, like last night we were hanging out with the band Bottoms, if you've ever heard of them. They're, uh, the, it's three guys. Two of them are, they dress up in drag and uh-huh. the one guy identifies as a butch. Uh-huh. Um, and it was really fun. We took photos of them like doing uh, poppers in the bathroom. Oh, nice. Whoa. <laughs> I had to buy the poppers. It was, <laughs> I was like texting my friends like, where yeah. do I get these? I'm, like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, it's like very gonzo. Well, I found them. You got them. You Thank got you, West Village. Yeah. <laughs> it's very gonzo. It's like, gon- yeah. That's cool. I'm a little out of touch. Sometimes I, what I like is I'm like, who the hell are these people? Well, it's like, I have no idea. But I like the photos, you know, when you read it. It's hard to keep a, keep in touch with all that stuff these days, man. Do you have another equivalent writer, uh, friend, soulmate at like New York Magazine or The Times or <gasps> anything? <laughs> um, no, I mean, there's definitely writers who I like working with yeah. who I've worked with like a bunch of times at New York Magazine and other places, but it's just not the same dynamic. Yeah. Um, but you I, write sometimes as well, too. Yeah, like I write. Written, yeah. yeah, before, I mean, before I was a photographer, I wanted to be a writer. Yeah. So that's still something that, you know, I love doing and continue to do that. Just, it's kind of tough when you're photographing and writing at the same time and trying yeah. to report and photograph these ideas and moments simultaneously it's really difficult so it's like trying to pick and choose those moments um yeah yeah. i was just gonna say like how are you actually doing that you have like just a notebook and are you just going notebook recorder camera (laughs) it's like it's like boom 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 yeah um it's tough but sometimes it it works out well and you know you guys should do a road book you guys should go on the road do like a no that's not us we don't that do that. Cool. No. <laughs> I'm not interested in going on the road. Yeah, you're going to Reno. No, I'm not, yeah. I'm not interested in like road trip culture. They're, they're going to fly there. Yeah, please. I'd rather be in, <laughs> you know, rather be in an airplane than a car for a few days. <laughs> TBH. It's such a special thing to find a writer that you really click with and like are able to create ideas and bounce off each other like that. That must just be like the best. Yeah, it's nice to just have someone whose like vision is so aligned with yours. Um, and meeting him in a really sort of like strange random place, like hanging out with Sydney Leathers for a few days. Um, but yeah. Yeah, being thrown into that. Yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> nice, nice. So what about, how do you, so what, I don't want you to give away your secrets, but how do you start finding new, like you have a good base of clients and you're getting, get, how do you like expand on that? Like is it just, do you find like social media people, editors start following you and know, and then you set up meetings with them, or, or how do you kind of grow that? Or is that something you're still figuring out? How do I grow it from like here? Like your clients, yeah. Like, is there an optimal where you only can have like five or six clients, or you try to get like as many as you can? Um, I mean, personally, I would rather have, I, I think that it's better to have quality than quantity, mm-hmm. um, and having good relationships with people, and having people hire you for your vision and what you want to do, and not be like, well, we want you to do this, but like, you know, really go photograph like the cool 27 things right, in the room. Like right. I, you know, that happens sometimes. Um, I would rather have, you know, fewer people just sort of like hiring me to do what I do. Uh-huh. Um, but how do I grow it from here? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't have an answer to that. Yeah. But I think that it's, you know, a mixture of just being proactive about, you know, who is the next person that I want to shoot for? What kind of projects do I want to do? Um, and then a mix of just like, letting things happen and right. that kind of thing. But what, what kind of like basic marketing stuff have you done um, growing your client base so up to now? 
five sent out promos, um, done the cold email thing. Oh. But I mean, truly, how does, how like, does that go? Um, I've had a f- if I'm being real, I've had <laughs> Be real. a lot of times it's Please. like you don't <laughs> have people answer you back, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh man, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, a lot of the, I mean, for a lot of the people who I work with regularly, I, I find that it's like they just re- they saw my work on like Flack Photo years ago right, or some right. random blog, and they're like, hey, like I've been following your work online for a while, um, so it's not really me pitching them or anything like that, which I almost sort of like that better. Yeah, I mean, that's because if you're a photo editor, you have to kind of be on top of who's out there and people doing stuff. Yeah, so I mean, like, that's, that's part job. of their job. Because so. it's not like the old days where you'd have to hustle around your physical portfolio and be meeting. But there's still people that come to New York and do that. Like, I think that's still an important part of yeah. being a photographer. Yeah. Like people you, definitely still do that. Yeah, come and they'll try to meet as many people mm-hmm. in the week as they can. and then. Yeah. Do you have a rep or are you managing all this by yourself? I'm managing all of it by myself. I don't have a rep. I don't really know how that world works. Yeah. But what I know about that world is that most photographers end up firing their reps. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that I've heard more people being not satisfied by their agent than satisfied. Plus, I, I kind of struggle with the, the problem of someone telling me what to do or yeah. trying to, like, create a bit. I, I don't yeah. know. Well, especially, like, at your, I mean, you've gotten relatively big clients at a young age, so it's kind of like... You know, <laughs> you're doing okay, you know, so it's like, so what far. are they going to, yeah, so come well, that's So what about your, per, like, do you still work on your own, do you have your own series or projects or things that you work on? Yeah, or, I'm working or, on a new project right now. Oh, cool. So you're not just like, give me the money and those, that's what No, definitely doing. not. Okay. Definitely not. So how do you pursue those? I mean, you just kind of, I suppose. You just you, have to do it. I mean, like, downtime I'm not not shooting like every single day all right. the time I find that it's like you have a lot of assignments in a condensed period of time and then you sort of I feel like I lose my mind a little bit and then there's like a period of downtime um so right now it's just like I'm working on this new project photographing meetups mm-hmm. um and now it's sort of in the planning stages of like I'm going to go to these states photograph these meetups etc cetera, etc cetera. oh cool yeah so you are you're into events like events is kind of like it's not thing. events I'm interested in groups of people Groups of people, right? Yeah. That's how you describe it. But you I, do a lot, like, you do a lot of, like, that. Well, you could say it's event, I mean, it's event-based, but ultimately, it's it's not about the event itself. It's about the group of people who comes cool. together um, and their common interest, so. What, what drew you to that? Why do you just think the social dynamics create for interesting? I think it's so amazing to be in a space where everybody is there for the same reason. Uh-huh. Um like that level of passion is so interesting to me, and right. for kind of like a weirdo reason, right? Like, tell yeah. us about like what. Well, I don't meetups. even. Think that, I don't even think it's weird. Like, it's just like their thing. Done yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm like, into photo books. To a lot of people, they'd be like, "That's stupid," you know. Why <laughs> you care about right, that, and I mean, know? I guess what interests me in the meetup thing, the meetup project that I started relatively not that long ago, um, is that like in 2015, you don't have to be alone in your interests. Like, obviously, meeting people off the internet is not taboo. I'm like friends with all of you on Facebook. Right, right. Um, and I haven't met you until today. Right. Um, and the fact that like you can, this group of people can be facilitated by one platform is really interesting. Right. Yeah. So do you think there's an internet kind of like a social networking internet like, like subconscious to your stuff too? Because a lot well, yeah, of people. Yeah, I mean, because you're not, you can't really photograph. It's hard to photograph the internet, but this is the all the stuff is kind of facilitated through the internet. Right. So it's you. 
Well, that's like, yeah, that's really obviously like off the yeah. off the frame. Like the idea that these right. people are brought together from the internet. Um, that's interesting. I guess I've never, I never really even thought about it that way, but it just seemed like now I started thinking about some of your stuff. It's like, huh, there's kind of that weird undercurrent of the internet networking to it. I mean, I think before I did this, I was a social media editor, so it's like the idea of how the internet connects us in ways is something that's always been in my mind and, you know, sort of affecting my work or my daily life in some way. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's... It is weird. I mean, especially the, the photographers on Facebook. I mean, it's kind of disconcerting, like how how many how easily everyone networked and like you just get I get these requests. And I'm like, what? I don't. I have like hundreds of friend requests. Yeah, and like, like, I gotta. What, really? What's the point yeah, of this? For sure. Wow. Yeah. Some of them are like spam bots, so that's why I just sort of let them chill there. But it's just yeah, it's like we, photographers on Facebook and like. I know a lot of older photographers too, and like that's their primary place mm-hmm. of just kind of like like professional business quite, pages or like no, just pro- kind of like I don't know old hobbyists basically, mm-hmm. you know? and like the hobbyists on the internet are it's a whole different breed. Like professionals kind of have are playing a different game, you know, it's more polished. But like hobbyists are there to kind of actually meet other people. It's the same kind of thing. Right. What you're saying It's like they were kind of isolated doing their own thing because photography was such a solo activity for a lot of people and now the internet's like oh you were also doing this as well so it kind of like ties into that as well yeah. you know they found people with similar interests you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's street photographers are definitely that way yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah um before your personal work your personal work has pretty much led you to a lot of the clients like your idea yeah. stuff that was that totally led you to your first few clients just the promotion around that you did a kickstarter you had mm-hmm. the book was that printed matter do you think your assignments are now kind of dictating your personal work is it sort of like has it flip-flopped or are you thinking totally different directions than your assignments you know I think I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing but when I whenever I have an assignment it's not like I'm viewing it that differently unless it's like well I guess it depends on the assignment but a lot of what I get assigned to do or what I pitch is, are things that I would want to photograph anyway, so it's, I'm approaching it in the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's something that I should be sort of like, this is my editorial work, this is my personal work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has to have that divide. Yeah. But I do find that a lot of photographers who I've been sort of following over the past few years, like their editorial work has dictated, mm-hmm. you know, what their personal yeah. work looks like right now. And it hasn't been something that I've been super fond of, so I worry about that. And it's definitely something that's on my mind, but... I don't really know how you, like, right. it's, it's not like a switch. Well, do you yeah. right. moderate the assignments that are pitched at you, or are you, like, passing on ones, or you're like, maybe this one not be the um, best thing for me to... I think that, well, I, there's never been an assignment where I've been like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, not because I haven't, it, there's never been an assignment where I'm like, oh, you know, this is really, like, against, you know, my moral compass, <laughs> or, um, but if that was the case, I would, I would say no. But, but what about, like, just, like, the situation, if you're not into I mean, if you're pretty open to anything, what I'm saying would be like, oh, it just doesn't interest me, or would you, or would it, because it doesn't interest you, you might still do it. So I'm saying, what if it was, like, I don't know, like, some random thing that just is, you find boring, you know? Um, I think that it would be multiple factors. Uh-huh. Um, who's asking me to do it? Uh... Is it something that people are covering that I feel like I can't do something interesting with? Like, don't ask me to photograph Comic-Con. 
Right, right. Yeah, Not that's a good out. example. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was at an Aaron right. Carter concert, and this chick was like, oh, yeah, like, I was... I was just at Comic Con the other week. Were you there? And I was like, Well, I was there for a second, but like that's I'm, that's like too mainstream for me. Like I don't want to go there. And she looked at me like I was like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not interested. Comic Con's too mainstream, but Aaron Carter, nah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I make a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 So, but you, I I remember reading an interview or something that you wrote a while ago where you kind of you never used a flash and you were shooting kind of like straight stuff on the street and then. You started using the flash, and you said something along the lines of like it just it changes the dynamic in the photograph, or like mm-hmm. you see details, or it's magic. So, so you kind of really like is. found. Do you feel like you found your voice once you found the flash? I think that my approach to photography isn't really that much different from like a how I'm photographing mm-hmm. or how I'm interacting with people is not different from then versus now. Um, but stylistically, the flash. I just feel like everything comes alive. I don't know. You see things that with like the naked eye that you don't see every day or it captures a moment in a way that, you know, you just wouldn't see. Yeah. It kind of, it also, it gives it this glamorous look that's really fun. And especially with your subject matter, which can be very quirky and, but it's very, I think it helps because it's like the subject matter is often like very specific and something about the flash illuminating it and almost elevating it. Yeah, it makes is, it very important. Yeah. But it's also yeah. a necessity. I mean, if you're shooting indoors on that kind of stuff. Right, it's I mean, like, you're like oh, on a convention good. floor. That light yeah. is fucking gross. But do you ever get, <laughs> do you ever, did people ever get pissed off at you when you're at those things or is it just there's so many people taking pictures that you're not? Because um, you always It's hard get, to say like a blanket statement about that. I mean, sometimes, yeah, people get pissed off. But it's, most of the time, I'm not just photographing someone, you know, from a distance. Right. So it's, they're not typically getting pissed off at me. So are you, is it, but is it always, you're always, you're like approaching them first or do you shoot a mix of candid and kind of like more casual portraits? Because some of your stuff definitely looks candid to me. Well, yeah, that's true. I guess that's true. Um, I I think that in the situations where there are candid moments um, are situations where there are a lot of photographers present. So it's not obtrusive. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, it's normally me just approaching them, sort of doing something one-on-one. Right. And do you, how many, do you, do you take like, like a multiple frame? Like oh, how yeah. I'm not one boom, of those boom, people boom, who's okay. like, okay, one, sit, we're done. Right. No. Right. Like I'll have you sitting there for 20 minutes if I can have you. Yeah. And you're just shooting the shit with them? Yeah, totally. I feel like, I was just explaining this to someone the other day. My dad and my grandfather are Amazing at talking. You've met my father. Yes, my my father is a character, yeah. and he can talk to anyone. Loves talking to people at the gas station, people at the supermarket. Um, and growing up, I never really understood it. I was always sort of shy. Um, but then once I s- sort of started putting myself in these situations, it's like I feel like I'm becoming my father. Where I'm like, hey, like, what are you doing? Like, how's yeah. how's life? Yeah. What's that on your shirt? Where'd you get yeah. that? Um, so That's I almost awesome. feel like I'm more comfortable with strangers than I am. You know, right. if I was like at a bar trying to talk to someone, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, it's like it's the old, old one of the oldest things with photography. The camera kind of gives you permission, you right? Know, it opens up the door. You know, yeah. it's like the whole history of photography. You hear that same thing. If I didn't have the camera, I would never. I know. Be able I kind to of get that makes me things. like shudder a little bit. <laughs> right. but I guess that is very true. Well, whatever. You're a photographer. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. who you are. I mean, it's not like. 
that's you, there's certain things you can't run away, you know, with on that. Does it so. feel like you become a part of the groups that you're photographing? You become a part of the group pretty quickly? Um, Does it change? Sometimes? I think that it, I think that it depends. Like sometimes I go into a situation and it's like I'm one of them and I'm yeah. just hanging out and I'm, yeah. you know, one of the girls. But then other times it's it feels clearly like I'm feel like some sort of outsider. Like, like there's the other, a disconnect and Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um do you approach those situations differently when you're trying to get someone to sit for you to shoot them? Wait, what do you mean? Like, if, if you're feeling comfortable, is it just, it must just be a lot easier to shoot portraits. Yeah, and no, then, definitely. So do you have techniques for when you're feeling, oh, I'm feeling a little weird, I'm not really, like, I like sort of coach crowd. myself in my head, I'm like, stop being a baby bitch. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, just, just take Yeah, it. it's yeah. like, you have yeah. to be harsh with yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. Time is money. You need yeah. to, like... Yeah. Absolutely. And so, so when you're going back and you look at everything, does it then feel, you don't feel the disconnect that you felt in person when you're looking at it later in post? Or? You know, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I don't know. I think it depends on the situation. So if you're shooting for Vice, do you just dump them a bunch of photos or do they let you make the edit? Um, I make the edit. Oh, really? Yeah. So like you get a final say on... Well, I mean, like, up. well, what I'm saying is the way that it has worked thus far is that I edit the photos that I like because a lot of times it's like I shoot so much that they're not going to want like the blinking outtakes yeah, obviously yeah. Um, so I just sort of edit it out the ones that are clearly not going to run and then just give it to them and then they choose what runs oh okay so you yeah. might give them 50 and then they choose like yes 10. exactly okay. exactly yeah well that's a little different I mean, right that's a, yeah so that would be what about so you on the couple times you shot for the New York Times I mean is that how about this? Are you all ever dissatisfied with the photos that they choose? That you, do you that the New York Times, right? No, you shouldn't. I guess maybe we shouldn't say it. But I mean, that must be like... I've never a, been dissatisfied, for the record. Right, right. But I'm just saying, like, that might be interesting, like... Because I know when I'm editing other people's work, or I have people editing my work, that it becomes, like, this completely different perspective on who you are as a photographer. Because you know what I think, like, have, I think of, like, having really good photo editors, because you have great photo editors at the New York Times, you have great photo editors at, you know, you're working with people that are super skilled. So do you find that that may, has made you, like, sharper, is, like, having other people kind of Oh, yeah. One person who out. I love when they edit my work is Emily Shornick. Uh -huh. I love the photos that she chooses, and the sequencing, I'm always like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Right. I'm like, I get that. She's one photo editor that I'm like... She's at Psycho. the cut. Yeah, right. at the cut. But do you think, like, with seeing that, like, now you see a different aspect of your own photography through that? Because they kind of show you pictures that you might not have picked? Yeah, I, and, like, I think that anybody, yeah. like, choosing... I, in school, they would always tell us, like, you're going to be your own worst editor. Right. And it's always sort of nice to have someone pick out and kind of tell you why they chose this image and, right. you know, why they put it in this order, et cetera, et cetera. It definitely, I think over time, you start to realize things or patterns in your own work that maybe you didn't realize because you have a really great right. editor. Right. That's, yeah, that's what I think would be interesting about working with, like, people, because that's what they do. I mean, they're looking at so many images all the time. Right. I like that's, yeah, that's, that's got to be interesting, man. Nice. What? What are you saying, Tom? Tom's not saying anything. Tom's not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting, we're Tom's gonna, not on mic. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we're going to take a break. We could probably go on forever. <laughs> I think it's just, especially at editing. But we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about a book and hopefully we'll get in back into editing and everything else.
to talk about a photographer that's been pretty, uh, pretty well known the last few years. Uh, at least the story has been pretty well known. Right. Vivian Meyer, Street Photographer's Book. And so this is, I think I should confess one thing right away here. And I know my friend John Maloof is not going to be happy with me, but I have not watched the documentary yet. I have. I, have. I, I, I just watched it. You just watched it? So I haven't hey. seen it. And I actually, Also, how do you know John Maloof? How did you meet him? Just through, so he, so originally, he, where he first posted that he found these photos was in the Hardcore Street Photography Group, which I was administering back in 2007. So he started a thread called, what do I do with this stuff other than show you? And like that's where he put the link up to his. So I was probably within one of the first. That's pretty amazing. Hundred or so people to actually see the photos, you know, other than whoever he'd shown because he didn't know this was a popular street photography group, and we were like, this stuff is great, man. And you can read the whole thread about us giving him advice of what to do and stuff like that. It still exists. It still exists there. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I basically said, you know, if this stuff's good enough, it'll take on a life of its own and become its own thing. Woohoo! Wish it had. Wish it had, yeah. Give yourself I mean, a you, on the back. Yeah, I mean, you make very broad statements like that, and, you know, a lot of times they'll come true. You know? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you right. Know? But, yeah, so this is like, I mean, there's been like four or five books now, and this one I know is the one John wanted to make. So this is the one that he really wanted to do, and this was the edit that he wanted. Nice. Um, just, a, just a straight focus on the street. Straight focus on the street, because that's really the stuff that he was... So what were the other books? Are they sort of... Focused on other specific. Yeah, well, there's one of her self portraits. Okay. Self portraits. And I know so that there it is was curated a, very specific. There was, a, yeah, a couple other ones that were just kind of another broad. But I remember the first one that came out was when he'd ha only done maybe 40% of the archive. So he hadn't scanned everything. Right. This is the one where he actually scanned everything. And I just saw they had a show up at Howard Greenberg who represents him. Um, and in that show, they actually had some of the few prints that she made. Oh, wow. the, so that was. They had like 20 of those and it was interesting. So they base everything, all their printmaking on the limited that they... But didn't they talk about in the film that she didn't like printing? No. So she didn't. She, there's very few of them in existence. Okay. Yeah. But they did print a couple. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they did print a couple. So I just wanted to like read this one quick passage here. And it's from Jeff Dyer, who's like great, one of the few great <laughs> photography writers out there. Um, Vivian Meyer represents an extreme instance of posthumous discovery of someone who exists entirely in terms of what she saw. Not only was she entirely unknown to the photographic world, hardly anyone seemed to know that she even took photographs. While this seems unfortunate, perhaps even cruel, a symptom or side effect of the fact that she never married or had children and apparently had no close friends, it also says something about the unknowable potential of all human beings. Has Wislaw Simborski writes of Homer in her poem Census, no one knows what he does in his spare time. That's nice. I like that. I mean, so obviously, like, the whole thing of hers is that she was, you know, she didn't, she didn't go out trying to promote her work. She didn't want this, you know, kind of, like, notoriety for her photographs, and now all of a sudden she becomes hugely famous. So I just, well, I think it's very curious that it comes out kind of in this age where everyone's out promoting <laughs> everything that they're doing all the time, you know. I could, I yeah, I mean, also in an age where everybody is a photographer. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, you know. And the film's nominated for an Oscar. And the film's nominated for an Oscar. There's a really harsh article in Slate. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. What, was, what did the article say? Oh, it was just basically how Maloof makes the story all about him and all about the discovery. Yeah, which is, the film is not that good. I, 
Well, I mean, isn't the idea of this like really about the story? Like, well, that's a good thing. I mean, I mean, so you know, the pro. I like her photos. You know, it's just I'm a little skeptical. Of where does this really fit into like the canon of? I think the there's a few things. And what I'm about to say, I don't know if I totally agree with myself. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I'm subject to take back my words at any time, uh, maybe. Uh, um, at one point, they talk about how she's dressed like a woman from the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Like, how much of this is rooted in nostalgia and, like, inspired by other people? Like, is this really a fresh take that we haven't seen before? Mm-hmm. Um, it is an interesting story, obviously. But, like, in the history of photography, are these photos really that significant in comparison to other things that we have seen. Right, and I think that there is a, it seems to be the consensus is that, mm, not really, they're good, but like not, you know, this isn't something that would be. Like in an age where today, where everybody has a camera and everybody can take a picture of kids going up a slide, how does that differ from the photo that she took? Do you know what I mean? Like. I, I mean, know. I do think you look at her photos, and every once in a while you get one that's just cracking, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just bad. good you photos, know? but. I think, do you think part of it is because it's just, you know, it's it's a problem with a lot of street photographers is that they just go out and they do it and they have this big mess of photos and there's not really any, it doesn't feel like there's any sort of structure behind it or like underlying. It's that same thing of just being out and capturing life in the street, which is kind of the broad motivation. And I think that's what, I think what I'm saying is like that criticism can be leveled at a lot of street photographers, right? You right. can easily say that about Gary Winogrand as well, too. Well, I mean, it's like I said, there are so many levels of criticism that you can say about her work, but she's not here to defend herself. Or, right. So it's like, I think that's also an interesting layer to it, an interesting and frustrating layer. I think that's, um, yeah, that might be the most interesting layer. It's like, yeah. she, did she actually want these photos to be seen? And right. if there, she didn't, you know... Are we, is this wrong of people to kind of like... Well, in, in the documentary, toward, I think it's like the last five minutes, um, one of the children that she watched was like, Vivian would have liked this because it happened when she was dead and she didn't have to experience it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I, I obviously do not know Vivian, but that sounds right. like probably true. They also sort of talk about how her descent into like madness a little bit where she would dumpster dive and steal like cans of food. And yeah... Yeah. How do you guys view it as, like, like, do you think there was maybe anything to do with gender when she was, like, she wasn't, maybe she didn't feel like it was her plate? But she didn't seem that. I mean, from what we know her, she seemed pretty strong-willed and, like, not going to take any shit, you know? But obviously women photographers were probably treated much differently in the, you know, 50s and 60s just because of the culture, you know? I mean, I think it's one of those things that's, again, hard to say because we really have no information about her. Um just like historically, yeah, I'm sure maybe that added a layer to it, but I don't really think that she wanted those photos seen. Right. It was clearly some sort of escape from her everyday life. Which is unfathomable, because I want to see the photo. I mean, I love taking pictures, but I damn, like, I want to see them, you know? I don't know. Could you just sit there and, like, take a bunch of photos for, like, a year and not look at them? No. (laughs) Right. never do that. No, yeah. So, like, that's... I, there's almost like a, a, a... A part of her instinct wasn't, wasn't there. It's like it was so yeah. instinctual for her to take the pictures. I mean, she was taking thousands, and yet that other half of needing to see them just didn't exist within her, which yeah. is very weird. Yeah, it is. I mean, but that's why it almost gets into like an Eastern Zen type of thing where it's like just being present in that moment was what she 
was stimulated her brain. You know, she didn't I mean? sound like a Zen person, though. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. But you know, there is a certain way of working that way where you're just kind of lost out in the world, I guess, taking pictures. You know, but I, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't. I think trying to apply motives to people is always going to be a losing battle because you just don't know. You know, you can't try to speculate on that. But I guess you know the photos are out now, so you got to kind of have to, you have to deal with them, you know. And I think like the story, you know, that's the, we would always joke, you know, every time she would come back up and be like, "Hey, has anyone heard of Vivian Maria?" You know, because it's everyone's discovering her newly like every three months, you know. Oh, it's yeah, such a right. great story. Yeah, I feel know? like it's been <laughs> reoccurring on, on. It'll just bubble up online her stuff. I mean, just. The other week on The Guardian, there was some man that he, he's in one of her photos. And then he's just like, it was so magical finding this photo of oh, myself yeah, that yeah, I don't yeah. even remember being taken. Yeah. You know, just him on the street with his dad uh, having a moment. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, like little articles like that are still being published about her work. Or just these, these little yeah. moments of discovery that are exciting and, and for people. Yeah. And um, I think that's what's kind of cool is that it does it just seemed like it broke out of the photo world like it was a bigger story of you know this undiscovered talent you know but like that's a, that's kind of something you see a lot of times the undiscovered genius you know that everyone right didn't know about it's kind of like a fantasy of like all artists i think you know how how does uh john like deal with the criticism like from stuff like from slate Ma like i think I like so I've, I've met him in person two times. We're friends online. Like, you know, we have this private, like, group on on Facebook where there's a bunch of street photographers and he's a part of it. Um, so he's there. He's, you know, he's a pretty chill guy, you know. But from when I meet him and what I know of him is, like, he's a photographer. Like, that's his thing. He's an artist. Like, he thinks... Really? Because like, I thought he was a historian. Yeah, that was where he is. But he, I think he conceives of himself as an artist now. Like, that's his thing. Like, he after wants the fact? To, yeah, after Yeah, like, he's, you know, I think... Well, I guess to go Because he loves taking kind of pictures. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he takes pictures. So he loves... When I when you talk to him, like, he'll talk your ear off about taking pictures and being in the street. Like, that's... So finding her really kind of kicked off this thing in his head where he's like, I want to do that, you know? So I, that's that was always my impression of that he, you know, senses himself as kind of an artist now. Well, I think, it, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it was kind of fate for him to find it. I mean, he's done a really great, I mean, yeah. he's gotten a lot of criticism, but he's done a really great job getting publicity right. around it. I think the editing, I mean, obviously I haven't uh -huh. seen all the pictures, but I think the editing is very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's very clear what her vision was of people. She just had a great connection right. towards the beginning and a sense of humor and, yeah. I think I think he's done a good job. Yeah, I he's definitely done a good job. Great. I mean, like... It's not like he, she's, he's putting the photos in some, like, shitty hole-in-the-wall gallery. Right, like, right, these right. are being shown all yeah. over the world. Um, and I think that there are so many reasons why he receives criticism. Like, is he transparent about the money that he's making mm -hmm. on this? Right, Obviously, right, like, right. he's going to have to take money because otherwise you can't afford to do these things. Right. Um, well, there's a huge copyright. I mean, the right. thing is in, in court now. So, like, so there's all these... I think whatever that was was going to happen no matter if it was John Maloof or whoever it was. It was yeah. There's no winning on this thing, you know what I mean? Right. So I think, like, yeah, that's going to happen. But I think he's working in good faith. I think he really is passionate about, like, people wanting to see your work. That's another thing you get is, like, I, he just wanted people to see it. 
Yeah. You wanted it. You wanted to share. Right. right. You wouldn't right. have thrown it up as a JPEG online. Right. If you right. Did, you know, to double check, like, hey, is this worth it? Yeah. If you didn't want people seeing it. Yeah. You, know? you wanted it out in the world, and I think you know. I mean, I think like the big picture of the whole story is incredibly compelling. This guy who just happens to find this stuff, and I mean, he's he's yeah. probably bringing as much energy to the table as she was as an artist. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I don't know. If she was sort of not looking at her work, I mean, there was obviously a, a passive attitude towards uh -huh. some of it. Uh -huh. But he's come back with, like, a very aggressive attitude. Well, and what's interesting, too, is, like, he's, you it's know, like the, the the yang. finding the flea market photo, like, that's been going on forever. Like, right. people that hunt, that, so it's built, doing that and hunting these, what do, you, what do you call it, estate sales and stuff like that is, there's lots of people doing that. So this is, like, the ultimate end of that kind of, little community of like oh to find somebody that's like so extraordinary that you know you discover them but there's other one like this farmer right this farmer's another guy have you seen like old like from the 30s like very kind of like uh, formal portraits of like rural people in the united states and he was discovered posthumously too so there's been other kind of like these stories i'm i'm honestly surprised that there hasn't been an uptick in these sort of scenarios since uh, John's discovery. Right. But there was one really funny one. Um, someone had found, I think it was like old paintings or drawings that Molly Soda, that Tumblr girl, did. Uh -huh. And they were like, oh, Chicago man finds, you know, new artist, blah, 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 like another similar story. Uh -huh. And then like a few days later, it was like, oh, wait, no, this is Molly Soda. Oh, really? <laughs> Who's Molly Soda? I don't know. Molly She's Soda. like a Tumblr girl. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, this She's is like a net art. I don't know what you describe her. Uh, I don't want to say this on the record. Post-internet net artist. Whatever it, whatever it means. People yeah. will know who I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that there hasn't been more of those. I don't know. I'm not all over the internet. I know net artists. I've never heard of her. I don't know. Well, I don't know what, what to tell you. What kind of, what does she do? <laughs> like, what kind is it? I don't, like, I'm not well-versed in her work. Just look it up. And okay. <laughs> yeah, but that, I don't. I used to have shame. Like there is no universal kind of set of any artist that anyone needs to know these days. I mean, that's kind yeah. of what the post post internet or whatever you want to say is that you're operating outside of kind of like this continuity of time. Well, you so, can choose, yeah. you know, what you look at. Yeah. Period. But that's it is, and I love. There is so many of those people out there that are like in already in outer space with the artwork they're doing. They're just like crazy. They are, man. I mean, you should see, like they've been doing a lot of the stuff you think about that comes up has been happening in that net art community. You'd start diving in to that stuff and you just like your brain explodes. It's like you they think about the internet in a completely different way. Completely different way. I mean, especially the way they use a lot of the network, like the tools, Twitter and all those. Like right. Tumblr and all that stuff. Like most of us are using it to, you know, sell ourselves or a brand or to connect. And all these, they're they're using it in a conceptual way to kind of make art. You know, I don't know. We're yeah. not worthy. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, the problem with the net, how do they make? They don't make it. I mean, you know, they, they don't edition make one of one. one. Yeah. Reblog. What do you have? Like you know the jogging Brad Trammell. Like that's you know I don't know if you ever followed that one, but that was yeah. You know, that stuff, they would just spastically, like, post stuff, like, for weeks, and then it goes dead. But, like, they did a lot of stuff where they reappropriating kind of, like, advertising and things like that. Yeah, I love the jogging, and I love Brad's Etsy store. Yeah. I don't know if he's still doing it, but 
That's yeah, hysterical. He like, what is he? What is he selling? It'd be like a fucking Taco Bell Doritos Locos <laughs> yeah. taco with a. Uh, he'll like seal, it. like he'll seal, it. yeah, like <laughs> or great, like you know. he'll seal it. In, he'll seal it in some of those things. I think like, Brad's really interesting. I like his work a lot. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys who's out like already speaking about that stuff. I follow him on Facebook, and I don't, I never know. I mean, is he just messing with people here, or is like one thing that he does on Facebook is he intentionally takes bad like iPhone snapshots of like it'll just be like from the worst angle, cut off, and just intentionally like. Horrible, and I, I met somebody who knows. Him. I'm like, what's up with his photos? Because clearly he knows. He's like, yeah, that's he's just making a bad on purpose to kind of mess with it. One day we'll understand. One <laughs> maybe. Not me. I'll be dead. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So I stick. I stick to photo. You know, kind of. And there's more. He so has John edited more books. Of hers, or you said he, there was a self well, right now they one? can't. Yeah, they can't because it's the copyright is in in limbo. So they, it might be years, wow. forever. This might be the last one for who all you know. You know, just because they're saying like he didn't something to do with the rifle air. Like there's actually some they found somebody that was the next of kin closer to the person that he found that gave him permission, and then there's also something where it might just go back to. The state of Illinois might be able to take over it. You got to read like the copyright law, oh, which is wow. all messed up. I'm, oh, I'm sure that stuff gets. Super yeah, and it actually, one of the guys sold his stash to a gallery in Canada, and I think they yes, did, yeah, right, yeah, and they did that to try to get. Because uh, mm. there's probably a lot. I mean, who knows how much money there is in it? But I think you raise a good point. I think it's if, enough. If it's enough, but it's not. It's not in the can. It's not like. What's going to be the secondary? Like, it's not going to go into the secondary market and make a lot of money, right? Because if it goes into the secondary market, you're collecting that because you think it's going to increase in value because the artist becomes, they're in the canon, you know? But that's not, I don't think that's going to happen with her. So you probably have pretty stable It's hard prices. to say, but who knows? I mean, I don't think, like, MoMA, I don't know if MoMA has, like, bought any of her prints, you know? And that would kind of be, like, a signal that it's worth collecting. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think this once the after this book, I think I'll, I'll be curious to see if it dies down or keeps going. So what was that other? What was the book that you? This one, parking parking garage Christmas decorations. I bought this like a few days ago. Um, I was just at Dashwood, uh -huh. looking for some inspiration. And I saw it, and it just makes me happy when I look at it. And it's exactly what you would think it would be, parking, garage decorations. Uh -huh. um, but for me, I feel like when I'm looking at a book, like, I prefer it to be very specific, knowing what I'm looking at versus a bunch of random images sort of tied together. Uh -huh. And this is by Kate Spade's husband. <laughs> which is interesting and when I was talking to the guy at Dashwood they said that they're helping him put together like a string of different books where he's apparently very specific in what he photographed so I'm curious to see what else he does I, I didn't know who he was prior and this is his first book yes wait that's not yeah. Jack Spade is it uh, I mean Andy I think Spade. this is nice this is nice but I mean the thing is is like this you know a lot of this feels very casual, you know. Yeah, it, it kind it's of. It's definitely casual. Like that could be what I like about feed. It is an Instagram feed. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Okay, that actually makes me like it better. Yeah, I think I'm <laughs> like, the opposite of you, Amy. I like the I like the more 
what you the like more the more ambiguous kind of like lyrical stuff see i guess what i feel frustrated with with photo books in 2015 is that a lot of people put out work just stringing together a bunch of random images and then saying they're under a certain theme yeah i guess i i think i don't i'm not drawn to that for a few reasons like i don't shoot that i like to be really like right. this is what i'm working on this is how it's going to appear like putting together these images and acting like there's a theme when there's not is something that I feel like I've seen yeah. a lot. Well, Jason Fulford kind of messed with that raising frogs for money was his rip. So there's a lot of photographers that ones that are kind of at the top of the game. I feel like understand that and have like played with it. Roe Etheridge is kind of like the one of the marquee guys of like putting together all these different types and styles of, of style photographs. Or he'll do outtakes from like fashion shoots or like editorial shoots and then he'll have his random snapshots and it's all kind of mixed together under his own and he's you know it's Roe Etheridge I'm not, I'm not really yeah, crazy the, I feel like with Roe Etheridge like there's a certain clout where it's like well right but it, I think it's because of that that you see a lot of that trickle down right because he's one of the leading but nowadays leading it's like anybody style. can publish a book for better or worse um, there's, it's very oversaturated I feel yeah. like competition man yeah it's competition i mean i think it's to me i don't i and this is you talk to a lot of people and they're like you at the end of the year list you've got all these lists and like half the books you're never nobody's seen so how can you come up with any sort of definitive list and it's just impossible so i you know to me it's like you just can't you're not going to be able to see everything and that's why photo books are kind of unique in that way and why i'm interested in like always having people bring this is part of the show. Is like you bring these books. I wouldn't probably never see that book, you know, or like Atwater, like that, or Atwater from Nathaniel Turner, right? I thought that was good. I saw that online, and I kind of like like his stuff. But it's yeah. getting the photo books in your hand is kind of half the battle, you know? Right. You know, so I think that's. Well, like I say, it's half the battle when you don't live in a city like New York City. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But even here, I mean, you could go spend in. An hour in Dashwood, and you're still gonna scratch the scratch the surface. I guess you're not gonna see everything. I guess, sort of. Unless you really look fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I like I really like going in, having people go into somebody's collection and say, well, which which books do you really think I should see? You know, and then have them pull it off their shelves because then you're gonna find a lot of surprises. Right. Um, because those are the books that you just, you know, people's personal kind of, like, quirks. But, yeah, I think it's, I think it's definitely an exciting time because I, I like that there's too many books. I don't like all of them, personally, but I'd rather have... Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing that there are a lot of books. Right. However, I think that, you know, I, I think that people need to realize that not everything should function in book form. Right. And being more conceptual about, you know, how it's presented, where it's presented, um, needs to be something that's more thoughtfully curated. Right. Like, what do you mean? Like, shows? Like, it should be in shows? No, I mean, like, I, I just think that I, I, I felt really frustrated at the art book fair when I was looking at all these photo books. And I'm like, why is this in a book? You're just doing this just to say that you have this book. Right. Mm. Like, it, there's no reason for it to function that way. Um, conceptually, I don't know what I'm looking at. There's no, you know, ar overarching theme. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like things need to have a very specific purpose. 
We won't Depends be going back to the art book fair. Yeah, we know. I'm not going back there. It's so overwhelming. It, the one at MoMA PS1. Yeah, you just go up to the photo. I just go up to the photography. I skip all the other shit, and you just go up to the, the photo I, floor. I, like know, in one room, I know, but you know. even that room, you're just so overwhelmed. It's, it's hot. Yeah. It's hot. There's so many people. Oh, it's yeah. It's a terrible way to look at work. Yeah, I'd rather just go to printed matter on like a random weekend. Yeah. yeah, but it's also like the people are like um, Olia, who was on this show. She so she knows individual publishers, and she, she's kind of like. You follow the individual publishers yeah. and the small publishers, and you see what they're doing. So it's she's, you know, there are people that are really on top of it, and they kind of know who's doing the innovative stuff. And a lot of times, it's not the crossover from what you might see online getting hyped into what is actually the like stuff that's kind of getting people's attention. But like, what I like about the, all the indie publishers is that it is a small community because nobody's really making money doing it. So they all are kind of like. They have to be about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they're competing to try to make really good books, you know. So I like that kind of aspect of it where it's, you know, you kind of have all these small publishers that are just hustling to try to try to make... Well, speaking of really small publishers, book. talking about Atwater by Nathaniel Turner, I think that 1419... Oh, yeah. You know, since they started doing it, they kill it yeah. by making books. Yeah, um, those guys, they're exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. the small publishers that are Like, there. they get it. I just, when I was at Dashwood, they had like a few copies left of Daniel Shea's latest book. Right, right. And that was just like beautiful. Right. Yeah, Perfect. I haven't seen that one. I've only seen the stuff online. Yeah, you have a lot of their stuff. What was that one? Uh, uh, I Don't Want to Grow Up? Yeah. Or one, yeah. Yeah. Who's that by? Sean. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that book. Yeah, it's yeah. Something great about one. that work just feels very important when I look at it. Um, and then the essay towards the end with his friend, it just. It's perfect. It's such an amazing book. That's the color, all about, like, skateboard culture, right? And, not like, not yeah. necessarily skateboard culture. They would like whatever it's called when they ride the end of subways. Like oh yeah, that's, tunnels, right. that's right. That's right. Like that. Yeah. Just like boys will be boys type of shit. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Um, but that's such an extraordinary book. Yeah. Well, and that's I mean the thing with the photo books is you kind of you know a lot of times it depends on the subject subject matter too. If you're kind of not into it, then you're not into yeah. it. And I think there, right now there's a lot of like um, this idea of self-publishing is like very cool. So that's kind right. of, that comes, that whole idea, Amy, you're talking about of just too many books and people not having direction. You know, they kind of want to just hop on this bandwagon and they're like, oh, I'll like just Every project it. needs to be a book. Right. right. It doesn't need to be a book. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Not to not to dissuade anyone who's listening. Go out and make a book. If you want to make a book, do your thing. Do your thing. I just might not like it. This show is about photo. We're just not sure yet. Don't expect any Lombard to give you undue praise. Anyways, guys, thanks. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys, for being here. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpbshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpbshow.com. 